Welcome to Everything Life Coaching. I'm John Kim. And I'm Noelle Cordeaux. We are the founders of Lumia. And we're super passionate about all things coaching, and we want to share what we've learned from over a decade of coaching and training thousands of life coaches. Let's dive into the science and magic of coaching. On today's episode, um, we're going to talk about the science of connection. And I don't know how to say this word, but it's how Freuden, it sounds like a German sports car. Freuden, Freud? Freuden, it's... It's either Freudenfreud or Freudenfreud. It yeah. is a German word. And, how, and <laughs> it, it's, it's how that word can improve your relationships. Yes. Yes. Yes, it is. And really specifically, you know, why are we talking about this is because it's been in the news a lot recently. Mm-hmm. There have been, um, there's been a lot of coverage, especially through a, a viral article in the New York Times about how finding pleasure in somebody else's good fortune increases your own lived experience. Right. And we were talking about this, I think in the previous episode, how that's kind of rare and hard to do. And maybe, I don't know, you, you, I, I feel like you think it's not rare. I feel like you think that that it is more common than I think, but maybe it's because I live in Los Angeles. I don't know why, but I think we have different experiences. I don't know a lot of people who are genuinely happy when other people, uh, friends are successful. Maybe they show like they are on the outside, but on the inside, I don't know if they genuinely are. I mean, I I think this, this might be a symptom of Los Angeles. I don't know, but what, I mean, what's your, what's your, lived experience. Like, well, I was going to so- say, I think maybe part of it is because of something that happened to me. A, a close friend of mine, uh, he started to, on a text, uh, he started to be very mean, uh, very kind of like, um, we're on this text thread, and he started to kind of roast on 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 me in certain ways. And he would do it to where it would be below the belt. And so on Ooh. a different thread, I said, hey, what's going on? Like, why are you being so mean? Because uh, we know we could joke around, whatever, locker room talk. But once it gets kind of like below the belt, and he said, look, I'll be honest with you, um, I'm jealous because I work my ass off and, you know, you're publishing all these books. I wanted to be a writer. It's not happening for me. Uh, and I said, well, you know, I'm sorry. We could talk about that. And thank you for being honest. But um, that was an example of someone who wasn't happy for my success, um, quote unquote success, but uh, was uh, was more jealous. And so he was uh, kind of being um, childish by uh, making fun of me a lot, you know. Wow. I'm yeah. sorry you had that experience. I mean, it's over now. We're good. But uh, I, I respected the fact that he was honest and not, you know, saying like, well, you know, you need a man up or whatever. Right. I, I, I'm glad it didn't become toxic. Yeah. And, and being mean to, to someone is is never a great look, right, for for any of us, regardless of what our our feelings might be. But I I think the point that you're bringing up is is really worthy of examination as part of this conversation, Mm -hmm. because it really comes down to relational currency and the way that we view the relationships in our lives as as adding a benefit to our lives. Um, so for me, um, my community is everything, like Mm -hmm. whether I'm successful or not, the people in my life are the ones who make my life great. And my life probably wouldn't change too much 
based on my own level of, of personal success because the relationships that I have in my life are really what bring me joy. Mm-hmm. And the relationships that I have in my life are also um, supportive of me as a whole human. And I would be of them. Like if you right. called me and said, you know, Noel, can you help me? I need X. I would be like, yes, and and move mountains to, to make it happen. And you've done the same for me. Mm-hmm. So, you know, in a situation where you're describing where your friend got jealous and acted out in a very, (laughs) you know, not cool way. What that does for me is say, oh, you know, that person probably doesn't have a clear understanding of the benefit of healthy and close relationships. And, and that's exactly, Mm -hmm. you know, why we're having this conversation because healthy and close relationships are some of the number one predictors of happiness, flourishing, stability in life, uh, all of well, the research. This person doesn't have um, a clear definition because of what, uh, what what he's doing. So instead of being vulnerable and opening up and then feeling um, connection and then feeling support from whether it's me or someone else saying, hey, listen, I know you're in a tough spot. How can we support you or whatever? Uh, he's instead acting out, making fun of, hence um, creating his own prison. Right now he's on an island and feels more alone. And so he's, he's, he's probably not aware of it, but he's disconnecting by acting out, not connecting and feeling support. Very much, very yeah. much. And, and so, you know, how does this fit into our world of, as coaches and why do we care? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, as a coach, you're working with somebody to reach a goal. You're working with someone to Im- improve their life. And, you know, something that we talk about in coaching is that you, you coach the person, not the problem. And so, you know, whatever someone is trying to achieve, we coach the whole person to advance within their whole life, you know, alongside of their specific goal. And what we know from the research is that health, happiness, longevity, and life satisfaction are all made better by strong and close relationships. And they are um, relationships, healthy relationships are just as important as material living standards, mm. education, and being in good health to providing quality of life. What's tough though about relationships is that you're only 50%, mm-hmm. you know? So, um, I mean, you have full control over, I mean, I don't know about full control, but you have control more over uh, your business or other things where it's just you doing things, but in, in every relationship, it's, you know, you and the other person. And so, um, you can be the best you as you can, but if the other person is not uh, hitting the ball back, it, it, you know, there's only so much you can do. There's only so much you can do. And that's where boundaries come into play, you know, but so if, if you were a coach and your friend was your client and your friend was saying to you, man, I'm so jealous of this John Kim guy, you know, he makes it look easy. Um, As a coach, you know, knowing that having close, valued, trusted, positive relationships is actually what's going to make this person feel better. How would you handle that situation? So if I didn't have my coaching hat, I would be explaining how my journey with book publishing has been a long one and I, you know, put in many reps and all that. Um, but that's not a, that's not a coaching. I don't think that's helpful, right. For him to, to see that I started 12 years, whatever. That's me almost 
defending, or I guess it's explaining, but that doesn't really help him. Um, I think for me, if I was to put on my coaching hat, it's to uh, first validate his feelings. Like, yes, I totally understand. Um, you're close to me and uh, you're putting in a lot of work. Uh, things are not happening as fast for you. So I could, I could understand that. I also know that uh, a part of my story is when I was starting out, there were a lot of people way ahead of me buying houses and cars and I was making zero money and struggling. And uh, also I had the similar feelings as you did. So I could understand that. So validating first. And then um, I would, I would say exploring his feelings where they're coming from um, and probably realizing that it actually has nothing to do with me. I just represent something that is activating him. Right. So uh, whether it's, Maybe he hates influencers and I represent that, right? Like, no, seriously, maybe it's like, oh, this guy plays with his phone for a living. I'm, he represents something that I don't believe in or I think is wrong with the world. Or, you know, there, there might be something deeper happening than just like John selling books, you know? Yeah. I think I, I would take it from the perspective of like, wow, that really must be a burden to carry around those mm-hmm. feelings that have nothing to do with your own life and can't actually help you make your life better in any way. What would it be like for you to turn your dial to the, the positive parts of this relationship and how might it enhance your life to lean into this relationship and, and perhaps even see this person who you clearly admire as a resource and an ally. Mm. And then with, with the person's permission, um, how can I help you? Yeah. Like let's now let's talk about and this is what makes it, this coaching and not therapy. Um, how can we move the needle forward? You know, what are your gifts? What are you working on? What 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 are your barriers? What's blocking you from executing goals? You know, that kind of conversation. Absolutely, absolutely, it, it's a great way in, and and I think too, you know, really more specifically, and and this is something that I I think is is vital in this conversation is, you know thinking about where we put emphasis on the quality of our relationships. It tends to be reserved Mm. for our primary partner, usually one man, one woman, and that's the relationship that you focus on being understanding in. That's the Mm. relationship that you focus on being supportive in. But these are skills that if we use them in every single one of our relationships will actually lift our lives up exponentially right and and when we focus just on that one partner or your child um that's when you get kind of off kilter yeah i think the uh uh so if if i didn't actually think about my response and um my intention and just kind of allow me to default it could come out as well, fuck you. And, and, uh, you know, I did all this and well, you're not being a good friend and how dare you be jealous? You know, so I I could sabotage and I could also be defensive and poke. Um, so actually putting on this kind of coaching hat and, um, what can be safe and productive and encouraging and ultimately can help the relationship is, uh, it requires tools. It requires, uh, the things that we teach at Lumia. It requires reps and training and it's not it's not easy to do you know no it's not and the bulk of the literature that is looking at the benefit of having 
genuine, positive and supportive relationships comes from end of life surveys. Mm. When people are on their deathbeds, no one ever says, I wish I made more money. No one ever says, I wish I worked longer hours. The number one thing that people say is, I wish I had spent more time investing in the relationships Mm. in my life that are, are really important to me. And sharing good news with others and having that be reciprocal, you're absolutely right. It's just like any other form of training, but that's the secret sauce that is the important thing that makes your relationships better. And it's a two way street. So what's it like in your home life? Um, You know, how, to what extent is this part of your like family life conversation? When it comes to this uh, concept of Farfed Nugent? Yes. (laughs) That's a, that's a, that was a um, Volkswagen term back in the eighties. Yeah. I mean, with family, uh, of course it's um, you know, all the, the success is in a pot almost that we share. It's kind of a, how I grew up as a, 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 being in the Korean culture. Um, Someone else's success is also our success because it's family success. And, uh, whatever that success is, whether an individual gets to define that. So, you know, whether it's getting an A on a report card or, you know, with my parents making X amount of dollars, uh, selling fried chicken, whatever it was, success, as long as it brought someone else uh, joy would also genuinely bring you joy as well, you know, impacts the, the everyone. When you were a kid, sixth, seventh, eighth grade, maybe even high school or maybe even college age, like, you know, Mm-hmm. Did you feel that sense of family and connection and joy with your friend group? So, uh, yes, um, because I was bad at school, all the weight was on friendships, and that's how I felt uh, safe in the world. And my parents were always gone working, you know, the long 16-hour days. So friends are all I had. And I think that's why I uh, was desperate to be good at something so I didn't get bullied, right? Because those ages are, I mean, they can, they can go one way or they can be very trauma traumatizing. If you're the one that's getting bullied and picked on it, you know, cause it's such a, you're such a sponge and you're so, you don't have no sense of self. And so being good at something, whether it was spinning on my head or, you know, all over trash cans or whatever it was, was the ticket into protection. And so I wouldn't get beat up. And uh, it was a ticket into um, having a community where you know we then became friends and we had each other's backs and we I felt less alone in the world and and all of that. Yeah, and and yeah. I think I was reflecting on this because it's like I, I was wondering at what point do adults lose the thread of really experiencing genuine joy in others' relationships? As someone who had a lot of friends, I had like mm-hmm. one or two like good buddies, but those buddy relationships were absolutely magical. Mm. And, and we would share, you know, like we would, we would, we would collectively share. That was kind of my first roots in community. I remember one day somebody got their hands on like a bottle of wine Mm. (laughs) and it was like, Oh my God, we have this wine. We're going to try it. Um, and, and thinking about, you know, adulthood, you sometimes one of my friends will call me and be like, yo, I got a good bottle of wine. Let's open this thing. But it's really, we lost that thread somewhere along the way. Yeah. You know, for me, this is why CrossFit uh, uh, hit different and landed so well. It was because when I was married, um, I thought friends were a waste of time. I was like, Mm -hmm. oh, I have my partner. I'm building a family. 
I don't need friends. What do I need friends for? I don't need friends. I don't need travel, right? And this is when I was a miserable fuck. And so I had no friends. All the for all her friends. Uh, just a quick story. Uh, at my fiftieth birthday, uh, I had this thing in Palm Springs, and the speech I said was, "My ex-wife threw me a surprise party. Uh, the first surprise party uh, someone's ever thrown me." I remember walking into my apartment, completely surprised, and there were like thirty people in this tiny apartment to look like. And I remember feeling like, oh, my God, look at all these people here for me. And I was so nervous. And I was, and then I, as I started to, to, to thank people for being here and shaking their hands, I realized, oh, wait, that's her friend. That's her friend. That's her friend. And by the end, I felt so alone because I was like, oh, none of them are my friends. They're here because she asked them to come. They're all her friends. And so it was a, a, a cold shower, a, a moment in me where I was like, I have no friends. But when the divorce, uh, when, the, when the marriage dissolved, the reason why I was drawn to CrossFit was because it was the first time I felt um, a community where we um, not only did an activity, but also we would then, you know, barbecues and eating and, you know, getting all that. And it was the first time I felt that sense, uh, like you said, you know, eight-year-old, eight, nine, ten, you know, yeah. the, the neighborhood kids. Yeah, so... Totally. And I think there's there's something really specific and important about CrossFit is that it's based on positive engagement. You know, yes. there's yes. The, the idea of why we need people in our lives, I think, due to negativity bias is focused on the fact like, oh, you need people in your life when there are times of trouble. That is only 50% of the equation. We also need people in our lives during times of joy, times mm. of inspiration, times of growth, times of striving for something. And in that CrossFit family, everybody was there to be together, mm -hmm. have fun, and get mm -hmm. strong. Positive. Yes. Um, and it's the same with yoga. And I think yeah. a lot of times people find yoga when they're in a dark place. And so they're already uh, thirsty for connection community and then you know that that bond is uh is is felt uh, mm -hmm. but i think what's interesting is um so there's you know yoga crossfit these you know other kind of activities that that uh, bring community together and um bonds people but you don't see that a lot in the workplace i feel like in the workplace there's a lot of competition a lot of fear mm -hmm. it's like we we don't um we don't uh, have the same kind of mindset no. Yeah. And, and, and one of the, a lot of the literature about workplace culture that's coming out right now is talking about the importance of having friends at work. Yeah. And even at, you know, higher levels, you know, make friends at every level of the organization for a lot of different reasons. And from a coaching perspective, this is one of the things that we want to be evaluating alongside our clients. Mm. Well, what are the health of your relationships? What are the health of your relationships at home? What are the health of your relationships at work? Do you have friends? Do you have hobbies? Do you have positive engagement? Because all of this at the, at the end of the day is about our health, mm -hmm. <laughs> our actual health in the world. And when we have um, these intentional inputs, it creates positivity resonance, which do you know, do you know anything about positivity resonance? I know we've, we talked no. about it, but no. it's, um, this is actually an NIH study, National Institute of Health and, and positivity resonance is a really specific 
kind of interpersonal connection that's characterized by shared positivity, mm -hmm. mutual care, concern, behavioral and biological synchronicity. Like when you just get someone and they just oh, like yeah, get yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. And it, it is hands down associated with well-being. So this is so this is, is it like, is it also like uh, where you feel like you've known the person in a different lifetime like that kind of stuff too maybe I mean I think that's kind so, of like a karmic connection but karmic, hey yeah, yeah, you yeah. know but I, but that is positivity resonance and right. and like there are certain people where you build that relationship over time mm -hmm. um, I think you and I are a good example we've built our relationship over time I don't think we instantly yeah. snapped into like a, a huge friendship it, it grew mm -hmm. but. Yeah but that resonance has has multiplied you know so much so if you're a coach and you are and you're aware that your client is in a deficit in terms of positivity resonance friends positive connection where would you have them start how would you approach that with asking somebody to take a look at this i would ask um what their interests are and then um, find a community where that's the common thread. So yeah. instead of forcing yourself to go and search for friends, because as adults, it's so hard to find friends, right? Um, instead, go do what you love. So whether it's, you know, cycling, or art, or a book club, or whatever, and then thread that into your life. And then from that, I think organically, friendships will happen. Uh, you're already starting with people, uh, like-minded people. So, you know, people totally. seem interest. Yeah, totally. that would be the, I... the way to go, I think. Yeah, I ask my clients to look at the characteristics mm. of like, well, what is a good relationship for you? Because I, mm. I have one client I'm thinking of who's like a really deep person, just like like go does it like bypasses the shallow end of the pool altogether. Mm. Wants to talk about like death, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and for that particular client, what I call like a cotton candy friendship isn't mm. going to cut it. So I was like, well, well, what are the characteristics of the people you actually enjoy being around? And how can you get get more of those people in your life? Um, I also think that at work, I've seen a trend where people, you know, we, we've done it forever, but other companies are starting to kick off meetings with like, well, share one great thing that happened during your weekend or like what's mm -hmm. one positive thing that we could share to start us off. It's like little things like that, that start to get you in the mindset of all of this. And then gratitudes for your family rituals or, or even mm -hmm. a solo ritual. I find a gratitude practice to be absolutely changing. And when you share it with other people, this is how it all works. Well, you know, it's proof of that. Um, Thanksgiving, right before you have the meal or Christmas before you open presents, everyone's so loving and people are opening doors and all the, all the stuff that we're angry about with our family. It's not, you know, it's not on the, it's we're, we're grateful and, and thank you so much. I feel so blessed. Now, two hours later, people are throwing chairs, but you know, it, it, it's like in that, I remember, cause like when Christmas comes to LA, the tone changes. I mean, people are making eye contact. People are so friendly. They're tipping more. Um, and yet that really is a, a, a actual, the, the power of a gratitude, even though it's, it's temporary and that's unfortunately, but, um, I feel it every Christmas in LA and I feel it during Thanksgiving with family. <laughs> Man, if I ever move back to LA, it's going to be like my personal mission to spread positivity resonance. <laughs> yeah. 
That would be amazing. I, I could see you on the corner hugging people. Hugging people. Yeah, you'll get you'll get arrested, by the way. So <laughs> won't be the first time. Yeah. All right, friend. Parting words for those of you who are um, thinking about wanting more of this in your own life or or helping your clients through. Um, I say just try. See what happens. Get, give give a glowing review. Tell somebody they're beautiful. Tell them you like their shoes. Um, yeah. Open your heart. What was the term again? Uh, the the positive what? Positivity residents. Positivity residents and uh, Farfindugan or whatever we said. <laughs> A lot of big words in this episode. Fried and fruit. Fried, <laughs> fried and, and fruit. Fried and fried and fruit. Yes. We're doing yes. Great. Be be happy for your friends. Yes. Yes. Thanks everyone. Thank you for listening. Be well. Thanks for listening to Everything Life Coaching. If you're feeling the draw to become a coach, head to lumiacoaching.com slash everything. Explore a new career that brings fulfillment, gives you a true sense of purpose, and a bold community to do it with. Lumia is ready to equip you with the tools, training, and community you will need to reach your goals. If you're ready to build a unique coaching business on your own terms while making an impact on the world at large, Lumia is the next bold step in your coaching journey. That's lumiacoaching.com slash everything.